Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in session. In appointed. We're going to continue to look at, last week I, uh, I talked about favor uh, online. We, we, we looked at that and we talked about the life of Joseph. Anybody ever read much about the life of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 through like 50? All right, if you, if you read through this, and I encourage you to do that, man, you talk about a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges, a, a lot of issues, a lot of things that came up and arose. And I think that as we, we enter into this, uh, this, this, this series, as we continue to follow through and we're looking about favor, favor comes on those that are called. And favor comes on those that are appointed. And favor comes on those that are anointed. Favor from God. Favor. Again, I'll say favor, not favors. God is not a genie in a bottle giving us every wish and concern. He is sovereign and He is mighty and He loves us so much that He takes care of His kids. Even takes care of us better than we understand how we need to be taken care of. Amen? Amen? I look at my children and I know there were times when I had to take care of my children and they may not have been wanted to be taken care of in that fashion and form, but they needed to be taken care of. But it was because of my love for them. How much greater, let me say that, how much greater God is that he would share his love and his compassion on each one of us. Amen. We're going to continue in the, in the life of Joseph, but before we do that, I want to turn to our foundational scripture. I want to continue to read it. I want us to get ingrained in it. I want it to be so solid in our minds and our hearts that we never forget in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It, do you have that up on the screen? Cool. Let's look at it. Let's read it together. How about we do that? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own appointed, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you see that you are a chosen generation? That you see that you are a royal priesthood? I, I said last week that we are royal in that we have authority given by Christ alone. And we are priests because of our relationship with Christ. That he now allows us to be partner with him. It's an amazing miracle. We are royal priests, a holy nation. God sees us through Christ as holy. Say, I'm holy. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves we're holy. Not because we're saying I'm holy, but if we believe, begin to believe we're holy, we might live more holy in our lives. If I begin to live up to what I believe about myself, about what God says about us, amen? We need to live holy lives. I had three amens on that. God is amazing in that he takes what isn't perfect and he makes perfection out of it. He can mold it 
he can, he can uh, you know, shape it and form that it looks so beautiful to him. Aren't we thankful that we serve a God like that? That he cares that much, that he loves us that much. Someone mentioned today already that what beautiful sunsets we've had in the Northwoods over the last few days. Beautiful weather. What, what a reminder. But you know what's cool about how God works and how the favor of God works is that even when we don't see the sunset and it's all, sun, it's all cloudy, guess what? The sun is still shining. Just because there's a cloud or there's a dusk over that we can't see doesn't mean that, it's, that the sun is not shining. Just because we don't always see, go out and see the stars glistening doesn't mean that they're not there. They're absolutely positively there. And it's in that same understanding that no matter what we see, feel, taste, or touch, God's favor is always shining. He's always brightly shining, never missing a beat. That's the favor of God, and that's for those who are called and appointed. And God determined before we were formed, he said, I knew you. And so he's saying that even before you called on him, he knew you and he called you to follow after him. That he has made a way, a direction, an opportunity. That's how much he loves and cares for us. His favor is always smiling on you and me. Isn't that good news? I'm thankful that we can come to a place and hear good news. I'm thankful that we have a Bible that we can read of good news. I'm thankful that God is a God of good news. Can somebody say amen today? We're going to continue looking at the life of Joseph. And uh, last week I, I talked, to, you'll have to go back and look at it, but the favor of God, it says, according to how we walk through Joseph's lives, we see that the favor of God ignited a dream and a vision in his heart. That dream and vision wasn't just for his own profit, but it was actually the favor of God revealing to him who he was in God. And I would say that also God is not respecter of persons, and he too, through Christ, has given us a dream and a vision. It comes through his word of God, his promises, that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, appointed and called. He has given us this opportunity and this amazing thing. We also said that there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be an enemy. There's always going to be because we know that this world is fleeting. But God says and he promises that I'll never leave. I'll never forsake. I will never, even if we face difficulty and challenge, he says I'm always going to be there. And the same is that obstacles will always try to come against us. It's because the enemy doesn't like you. But I want to remind you, it is the enemy. It is not your neighbor. It is not your relative that you really don't enjoy. It's not your husband or your wife when they're being henri towards you. It's the enemy. And the enemy only comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy what? He wants to destroy your, your identity of who you are. If he can get your mind off of that I'm a chosen generation, that I'm a holy nation, if he can get our eyes off of that, then we won't be holy. We won't stand up and say, I'm a, I'm a royal priesthood. I use my authority and my priesthood for the kingdom. 
Do you understand how important it is to grasp and to grab this truth today? Amen? If you have your handout today, we're going to jump right in. Today, this morning, as we've, we're going to continue in this fulfillment, this, this looking at the favor of God. Say, I've got favor with God. Amen. Say it again. I've got favor with God. Amen. Number one, if you're following out in your handout here, it says as we give favor to others, it opens the door for even more favor. As we give favor to others, it opens the door for even more favor. We look at Joseph's life here. We look at the pathway of, of deliverance from prison. For Joseph's life was the simple act of showing favor and kindness, even in the middle of an obstacle. We see in Joseph's life that he always gave, though he didn't have to, he would have been in a position that he could say, you know what, don't talk to me. I've had a bad day, y'all. He could have said, don't even come to me. Don't, uh-uh. I was, I was supposed to do this, and now I find myself a slave. God said I was going to be this, and now I'm in prison. But God chose a different way. Excuse me. Joseph chose a different path. He chose to say, I believe God's favor smiles on me even when my circumstance is not. He chose, he said, I believe. And so it's in that heart and in that understanding that he decided to walk out his anointing by giving favor to others. The world asks, what's in it for me? How can you help me? What can I get from there? But real life, I believe, is found in giving, leaning in and helping and in doing these things, and we see this in Joseph's life. We need to look for ways to be a blessing. Let me say that again. We need to look for ways to be a blessing. Even in the time when we don't feel so blessed. I don't know if anyone's ever felt that way before. But it's in those times that I believe that as we begin to find ways to bless that I think it opens the door for more favor. Paul and Silas were beaten, thrown into prison, while they're chained, while, while they're hurting, while their wounds and their bodies are bleeding and, and their, 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 their hearts are probably downtrodden somewhat. Even in those times, they decided to praise God. Not for the predicament they are in, but for the God they serve. And it's as they begin to do that that they the, the prison doors begin to fly open. And the smile of God, the favor of God, begins to sh open up the, 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 the prison doors. And they had the opportunity at that moment to go running out. I'm free! But it was in that favor and in that moment, when God was smiling and moving on their behalf, that they chose to stay in those prisons because there were others that needed to know the smile of God on their life. They chose to think beyond themselves in this moment, seeing maybe they saw the manifestation and said, ah, God's got this. What am I worried about? 
and they chose to stay. And because of that, it says that the jeller and all his family entered into the kingdom of the Father. Paul and Silas weren't done. They had more to do, and they were able to accomplish that. But they stopped for just a moment to say, I'm going to exercise favor. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap with the measure you use it. It will be measured to you. I want to remind you that this is a promise that comes by giving, planting, smiling forgiveness on others. That the context behind this that Jesus is saying is that we would give forgiveness to those that maybe didn't receive or were honored of forgiveness. Yet God said, yes, they are because they're mine. And in the same way that he did that for us, we should give that back to them. That's the favor of God. He smiled on me when I was ornery and ugly. Now I'm just ornery or ugly. God smiled on us. His favor brought about his love, His grace, and His mercy. We don't use this scripture often in the way it should be. It's forgiveness. Romans chapter 12, Paul says it this way in verse 21. Don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing... Say that real loud. Does anyone know? Good. Don't let evil get the best of you. But conquer evil by doing good. So here's your tweet. Choose to be better, not bitter. Choose to be better, not bitter. Choose to be a better forgiver, not a bitter forgiver. Choose to be better. Because God chose you and me. Hallelujah. Amen? Joseph's decision was this. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm going to give God's best. Number two, if you're following along your handout, let's, I'm going to say it this way. Number two, God's favor doesn't always happen in our preferred timing. And then, this morning, God stopped me on this one. He stopped me on this one because he changed what he wanted to say here. And, and, and I believe that often we, if we look at this the wrong way, favor, listen, favor is always moving in our life. God's favor never ceases. His smile always smiles on his children. Here's the revised point. You'll have to scratch it out on your handout. Again, scratch it out. Because God's got a better, better insight. The real number two 
statement is this. God's promises don't always manifest in our preferred timing. But His favor always flows. He scolded me this morning and said, uh, you need to write this down instead. Because if we don't, we look at the favor as favors. If we go back, God's favor doesn't always happen in our preferred timing. No, 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 no. God's favor is always, he, he's always on time there. His favor is always running. It's, I, I said a, a couple weeks ago, it's always running. It's like electricity. It's always flowing. Whether or not we're going to flip the switch or not to enjoy the comfort of it. But it's always flowing. God's promises don't always manifest in the preferred timing. We can understand that in our preferred timing. Because we're kind of a now and wow kind of people. I love my uh, air fryer. I mean, in a moment, it seems like I can have my food ready to go. I thought the microwave was cool. Oh, man, this air fryer. Boom. Crispy. Nice. Juicy. You know, the microwave kind of made things a little bit chewy, you know, and kind of dried it out. But the air fryer, man, it's quick. I like quick. We like quick. But I tried to make macaroni and cheese one time. There's certain things that just don't work quick. Savory things. What am I saying? I'm trying to say we have God has the best timing. His timing should be our preferred timing. Because God never misses it. He doesn't miss an appointment. He doesn't get hiccup. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't check my calendar today. God doesn't do that. God is the calendar. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He knows. And he's already declared our future. We win. Amen. All the other in between, let's not get caught up by the obstacle. Let's not take ourselves out of the game because we don't see it in our preferred timing. Let's understand and believe and grasp the idea that His favor is always flowing and His promises are yes and amen. Ecclesiastes said there's a time for everything. Time to, to, a time to live, a time to die, a time to mourn, a time to celebrate. God reminds us of this thing. It shouldn't surprise us when we don't see our preferred timing not always lining up with our desires. It shouldn't surprise us because God reminds us there is times and seasons. But he says even though you walk through this valley, even though you're facing uh, a bad report, even though this and that and the other, even though I'm never going to leave you, I'm walking with you because my favor is always flowing over you. His banner over you is... You know, the banner, the word that word banner in, in most of... The New Testament, especially when it talks about the banner, it's actually a military term. 
the banner is not just something like, wee. The banner that's waved over you declares the victory. When the banner is waved, when God's waving a banner, he's declaring it is so. His banner over you is love. Love means grace, mercy, favor. They're all synonymous words. They're all translated very the same in, in different instances throughout Scripture. That's what God's favor is. And we're favored because that he called us and he appointed us. When it comes to the things of God, we need to be patient. We need to not be overcome by what we see, but rather by what we believe is true according to his word. Joseph Verse 23 of, of chapter 40. Let me just, I'm going to just read this very quickly. I can't read the whole thing. We don't have time. But we find Joseph here in this passage. We find him in prison. It says, Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt was offended by their master. And the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the baker. And so he put him in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. So we find these two, they're getting scolded by the king. They find themselves in prison. And it's in prison that they are with Joseph and they begin to have a dream that was troubling. And the cool thing about Joseph is because he was willing to give of himself because he was favored, he began to help interpret the dream to help bring calm to them. And the only thing he asked was that, hey, you would remember me. Well, in verse 23, the cupbearer and the however, after they got out, the cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Genesis 41, when two years had passed, it says, Pharaoh had a dream. How many of us would have quit during those two years? Well, I just want to describe the timeline of Joseph's life for just a minute. Miss Diane asked a question on Wednesday night. I believe that Joseph was 15, between 15 and 17 when he had this dream from God, when he has his dream. And it's also the time that he was sold into slavery. It was all the way to 30 years old before he began his reign with Pharaoh. 37 years old when Egypt had been taken through the seven years of blessing. 39 years old when Egypt was in its second year of famine. 39 was when Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him. When his dream was fulfilled 22 years after he received the original dream. It's not always in our preferred timing, but it's always going to prevail. What's our heart? What's our, our instruction? Lean into the Father. Get a firm foundation. Stand strong. He will succeed in your life if we don't give up.
don't give up. Don't take yourself out of the game. Rise up and say, as for me, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me, my house, we're going to serve and praise God. When I don't feel good, I'm going to praise God. When I feel great, I'm going to praise God. When I stub my toe, I'm going to praise God in the middle of the night. And when I get through, shimmy through and not stub my toe, I'm going to praise God. When we have successes and when we have fails, we can praise God. Don't give up. Don't give up, church. If you're going to give something, give God your best. Dig in. Dig in. Dig in to His Word, His promises. Don't give up. Habakkuk 2, 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. There is an appointed time. His will will be done in your life. There is an appointed time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Number three, God's favor on our lives will impact others around us too. You see how important this is that we don't give up? Not only does God want us to fulfill and, and receive all of the promises he's given, but more importantly even I would say that he has instructed us and equipped us and anointed us to be the hands and feet. The lives are in the balance. Of heaven and hell. And as the favor continues to smile on us, it allows us to be impactful for the Father if we don't give up. Favor is contagious. We know about contagion these days. Better than ever before. But I would say that God's favor is contagious. Because God's favor will even cause a heathen company to succeed because of your presence there, giving your best. We can look at the life of Joseph to determine this, to, to clarify it, to declare it. Because Joseph was head over this Pharaoh. He was not particularly... God-fearing by any stretch of the imagination. And yet it says that they were the most prosperous they'd ever been. Why? Because of J Joseph's favor. Think about that for a moment. Think about long enough to let jealousy go behind us. To say, God, your will be done. And you're a God of love, compassion, and mercy. There'll be a final judgment, but your desire, Father, is that no man would not know you. Our job is to ensure, to help make sure that no man goes without knowing the Father. Even in famine, we have something to give. Blessing, we have something to give. 
we should always remember that our lives will impact others. In Joseph's time in 39 verse 5 says, From the time that he put in charge of his household in all of that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph's favor. Because of Joseph's willingness to give. It's a hard word. I remember a time when I was working for what I felt like was Pharaoh himself. It wasn't Pastor Sellers. It was a time when it would have been very difficult, very easy. But God instructed me, give your best. Don't change who you are. Declare that he is life over your life. And they were prosperous. Things went well. And in fact, uh, people at, at, at the company I work for would call me the golden child. And at first I took offense like, oh, don't make fun of me. And Michelle reminded me, we've been praying favor. You take it as a reminder that God is smiling over you. Then it opened my eyes to the responsibility. God had placed me in that moment, in that time, to shed the life of Christ. And because of that, I was able to minister, reveal God's truth. And some were saved and some weren't. But I thank God for those that were and are on their road to heaven one day. Listen. You may feel like you're working for Pharaoh. You may feel like you're in the most heathen of heathen places. The Holy Spirit will come upon you in the desert. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Will lead you out. He'll take you through. Be faithful. Don't quit. Because your life is to impact someone else's as well. Number four, as we close here. God blesses us so we can be a blessing. I think I'm, I think I'm probably hitting this like a dead horse. But I want us to understand because the favor, definition of favor so many times as this misunderstood is that and we put ourselves in a place entitlement. Yes, God promises. Yes, amen. Yes, but Jesus said we're going to face hardships, persecutions, and challenges. But don't worry. I have overcome the world. I've overcome. And I've blessed you with the promise of eternal life. I promise you, my son, the Holy Spirit, to reside in you. I promise you that you'll have life and have it more abundantly. God blesses us so we can be a blessing. The ultimate goal of the favor of Joseph's life was to be a blessing to others. Not only was his brother saved, but an entire land because of the favor on Joseph's life. 
I declare that over us today. Say, I don't know if I'm that important. Yes, you are in God's eyes. And so we need to rise up and stand up and take what's rightfully ours to say, God, I'm in your army. I'm going to do what you've called me to do, and it's going to be a success because you are successful. And even when I don't see success, I know that you are smiling your favor on me. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, But as for you, you meant evil against me, enemy, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about it, it is this day to save many people alive. This was the truth of Joseph's life, and this is the truth of our lives. Genesis 45, verse 7, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive, and to preserve many survivors. You see how Joseph's life impacted? I dare to say that your life impacted. This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www.wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715 715- 339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.